If you're a Star Trek fan, it'll give you goosebumps. This should have been a series like The Expanse. And now I'm just putting out fires left and right. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. But that's just one of those things I really can't forgive because you Mm. you just kind of go, seriously, you're a dwarf and you're mining an asteroid. Let's rock it. It's way too loud. Hold on. She said they were a cult. I can't believe how closely they're following the books. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. That would be horrible. By and large. Strike that. Reverse. We're not going to do that anymore. Let's rock it. Oh, that was pathetic. Hold on. <laughs> I see. <how> I can. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, here we go. I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero. I'm a real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This is one the real brain show let's have fun and end the week right it is time i'll tell you what it's been very exhausting for sarah and me but we're in the new home and we're in the new studio and in addition to the usual nerding out i think it's time we share some new music we have a new origin for you this week and holy cow thanksgiving is next week already well here we are in the brand new studio. Coming at you live from Flauston. Ta-da! Yeah, all right. Let's rock it. That's right. Coming to you live from the brand new studio. Welcome to The Real Brian Show. Thanks for joining us. My name is The Real Brian. I am. My name is Captain Influence. Hey, and, Captain. Uh, Hey, how long did it take you to get to your new desk from the door to your new studio? Well, we're running about 45 minutes late today, so hopefully that's your answer. Wow, dude. (laughs) Plan ahead next time. I know. Well, you know what I need to (laughs) install is like a tram or something or like a bullet train or something. Maybe that'll get me here faster, but something to get me here in less than 45 minutes. Like a uh, like one of those things at the airport where you, you know, those walking trams, except much faster. Oh, yeah. Or, or how about this? Move your studio portion to the next to the doorway and then just have the rest of it, you know. I mean, I assume you put in all those columns oh, with, yeah. you know, armor and sword, all that stuff you had before. It's just yeah. you have like five times more space now, right? So, Oh, five times. Dude, dude much more than five really? times. Really? Oh, oh my geez, gosh, yeah. Gonna... But I wanted to be near oh, the window, wow. so that's why I'm not next to the door because I wanted to look outside and see the beautiful view we have, you know, so... I don't know, man. This is crazy because you're right. I mean, it was 45 minutes from me walking from the door to the actual desk where the microphone is, and that was running at full speed. So wow. if I was hey. walking, I mean, I can't even imagine, like an hour and a half or two. So that's Floston, how about Tardis Paradise? For the name? <laughs> what did you think, though, of calling it Floston Paradise? I, I mean, it's sci-fi <laughs> November. I just had to say it. <laughs> it's too small. Flost in Paradise is too small of a word. It's a planet, though. To describe your... Well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, that's if I true. say Flost in Paradise, I mean, it's planet-sized, which is kind of cool. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you're right, though. Tardis Paradise could be cool. Where'd the name Flosten come from? I don't know. I and what's funny is, of course, it's PH, like fat. Right. Yeah, like P-H-L-O-S-T-O-N Paradise, not F-L, like you'd think. Hmm. So here's my question. We have to name the new studio. We're here. It's massive. What are we going to name it? I mean, at one point we were talking about the sanctum for the old studio. 
I'm not even sure we actually finalized the name, sadly, which I'm kind of now. I don't think so. Happened, yeah. But we need a new name for the studio. Might be a good idea to put that to the listeners. Given its indescribable volume, take that into account. Mass Effect. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that actually. <laughs> Wait, what was the name of the giant station in Mass Effect? Oh, darn it. Citadel, right? The Citadel. The Citadel. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. So that's a, that's an option. That's a good name. I like Citadel. It is kind of cool. Difficult on the tongue, but I like it. Citadel? Citadel. 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 Especially if you talk like Sean Connery, it's Citadel. (laughs) Come on. All right. Well, we'd really love some ideas here. Name the studio. Name the studio. Maybe I could find a giveaway. Wouldn't that be cool if I could find something to give away? Like name the studio. If you win, you get something like the plate I ate on this morning or something like that. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, Yeah. that'd be really cool. That'd be nice. Ship them a paper plate with some stains. Yeah. This was once (laughs) a clean plate and now it is not. Captain, I know you are having a hard day. We had a little conversation before it beforehand, before the recording of this episode, but I'm, I'm going to say this much. Let's cheer you up, man. How can we cheer? Oh, yeah. What are you drinking? How about let's start with that. Is that cheerful? Dude, yes. Okay. Very much so. So I've, I've actually been hitting the lime water again pretty hard because, you know, I've, I've been kind of over abusing those apple beer mosas I told you about. Remember that? A few oh, weeks yeah. ago, I started yeah. drinking them. I was drinking like one or two a night half a beer with equal amount apple cider twice a night. I don't think that's very good for me. So I'm going to lay off the apple beer mosas for a while and get back to water. And uh, okay. that's what I'm drinking right now, buddy. Well, booyah. By the way, in case anyone's wondering, the only reason I had a bad day was because the place I work just came back to work after two weeks from a COVID outbreak, which are everywhere now, as mm-hmm. many of you probably know. Didn't affect me because I work remotely from my office, but our shop was shut down for two weeks and now I'm just putting out fires left and right. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. Very stressful right now. So thank you for letting me share what I'm drinking because that helps, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And you know what? To briefly address the elephant at this point, we're not going to go into this, but I know that things have gotten really bad and they're continuing to get worse because sadly people didn't take it seriously. We had, what, what are they calling that? COVID fatigue? Isn't that the new term? Mm-hmm. I get it, dude. Totally understandable. Yes. Yeah, we're all having it. I mean, this sucks, but it's kind of like, well, duh. <laughs> you know. Well, and those of us who haven't had it yet don't want to be the one to three in a hundred that get it bad or die. You know, I, exactly. I, I haven't gotten it yet, so I don't know if I'm going to be one of those guys. And within the last few weeks, we went from not knowing almost anybody who had it to knowing a whole bunch of people who had it yeah. or, or who have it. My boss has had a fever for seven, seven or eight days now. This might wow. be the eighth day. A fever for eight days. That's insane. You usually That's have one crazy. for a day or two at the most. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a little worried for him. One of the spouses of one of the people who works at my office went in for a, for a routine medical checkup. No symptoms at all. They checked his pulse oximeter reading or whatever, saw that his oxygen was dangerously low, and he was hospitalized for like four days. Mm. He's home now. He's on oxygen. Never had one symptom. No fever, no cough, no lack of taste or smell. All the symptoms you get with COVID or most common symptoms, I should say. He didn't have any of them except for low oxygen levels. Wow, That's weird. There's a lot of scary symptoms out there. Like losing my Mm -hmm. taste. I've heard people who've lost their taste permanently. That sucks. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? From this? Oh, yeah. That that would. Oh, my gosh. That would be horrible. But that's one of the side effects. That's awful. But if that happened to me, tell you what, I would make lemonade out of that lemon. Hmm. Tell you what, man, if I lost my sense of taste, I'd eat healthy all the time because it wouldn't matter to me. Yeah, that's true. So 
But I mean, talk about losing the joy of experiencing the pleasure of taste. I mean, that's oh, a, believe me, that's a huge thing for me right now. You know, <laughs> that would be the biggest thing for me. Yeah, but, but you'd be the healthiest person too. So I mean, you're right. You, you got to look for the benefit out of that. But we know a lot of people now who have it and have gotten it or have been exposed a lot. We've known people, friends of ours, who have lost a number of friends and family members to COVID. So oh wow. It's not like, oh, yeah, you know, we've known people who've gotten over it and survived. Unfortunately, we've known a lot of people who have gotten massively sick, who have had permanent side effects and who have died from it. So that's nuts. I don't want it. You know, we were moving and the movers were in and out, you know, and we had the, right. the, the windows and the doors open, of course, you know, and it was one of those like hurricane horrendous hurricane force winds days, by the way. Oh, I didn't hear about that. And that sucked. So that was like a good day to have the windows <laughs> open Brian. because it was like, oh, that blue. Sorry. <laughs> That blue, yes. <laughs> that sucked. You're right. But the good news is about that, again, making lemonade out of lemons. It kept a very fresh airflow coming through to prevent us from, you know, ideally getting exposed. There but I mean, go. they See? were touching everything. And so you had to go yeah, through and kind of sanitize to. and you had, you know, we're all wearing masks. But I mean, after hearing what was going on, it's like, okay, we're we're going back to like taking massive precautions again. A lot of our friends and people have been like, yeah, come on over. It's we're fine. I'm like, eh, not now. I mean, we were earlier. We were getting together with people outside. Now it's like it's getting cold. I'm thinking I don't I don't want it. I just don't want to, I don't want to chance anything. So now and we're in that place where it's like, OK, let's get creative online again. Let's have some fun. Whatever you're dealing with out there with this thing, especially now that it's become much more severe and, and affecting many more of us than before is to make lemons out of lemonade. Right. Try to find the positive side of your situation because of this yeah. virus. Except I think making yeah. lemonade out of lemons Avoid is it. probably the better way. That's our show title. Yeah. Making lemonades out of lemon. <laughs> Wait, making lemons out Wait, of lemon. lemonade. <laughs> making lemons out of lemonade. That's what it is. That's so backwards. <laughs> I love it. See, honestly, that's how I've been talking the last couple of weeks. We've been in this process for two months now. And in the last, you know, two to three weeks, I mean, I feel brain dead and I can't even hardly like focus on thoughts right now just because mm-hmm. we've been going nonstop working full time, trying to do this, getting no sleep. So I can't think straight. And so when you said making lemons out of lemonade, it sounded normal to me. And then later I went, <laughs> there was something just odd about that phrase. I'm not even with it. So there you go. I Clearly like I'm not either. So yeah, making lemons out of lemonade. There you go. That's what you got to do. Strike that reverse. Boom. Don't let fear rule you because that'll cause other problems. Been there, done that. I mean, when the fear ruled me back in March and April, which it did, that's when I had my heart palpitations that were going 12 to 20 hours a day. And I think it was because of stress and other things. So I'm like, nope, not going there again right now. I need to calm down. I need to keep my anxiety levels low. But it is scary. I mean, some people just flat out don't care. And they're like, ah, we're fine. And unfortunately, they live in the states (laughs) that are causing the problems. Whatever. Maybe that's a good thing that they're not afraid. But on the other hand, there's balance. There's, There's a healthy fear. Don't be stupid. And a healthy respect. Healthy, yeah, healthy respect. Yeah, Don't be respect stupid. The virus. Respect others, and, and let's, respect uh, others. yeah, and let's just continue to live our life to the best of our ability. I, I, what I don't want to do, and this is me speaking not out of fear, but out of like a commitment here. I don't want the world to be shut down. Well, here we go. It's it's December first. World shut down until further notice, and like May comes mm. around, and we're still shut down. Like one, I don't want that. But two is, even if it happens, I don't want to let that rule. I want it mm. to be like, okay, it's what it is. Again, let's make lemons out of lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> let's find some really cool things we can do, despite the fact that things are the way it is right now. And let's hope that yeah. you know something comes along soon that can help us all, and we can all get back to normal soon. And I know we all want it. Some version of normal will reestablish itself. That's Absolutely. just how society works. It will. 
probably won't be the same as the normal before 2020, but things will equalize somewhat because they have to. So I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not worried in the long run, but you know, in the short run, it's going to be a little bit of a choppy ride. We're going through a bit of a hurricane it's right going now. Going to be a bumpy ride, and everything will be fine. Like you said, have a healthy respect for the virus and for others, and live your life, and don't let fear rule you. I would agree with that wholeheartedly, and also. One of the crazy, amazing benefits that I think is going to come out of this for all of us, and I've been in this place before too, so I I've already have a level of this and I'm excited that there's a new level coming. We're not going to take the simple things in life for granted anymore. Hey, we can yeah. bike to a coffee shop and you know hang out and drink coffee and talk to people or work from a coffee shop or you know whatever you do. Or you know go into a sports game or whatever it is people go into the, the theater and watching a movie. All the little things that we just have always taken for granted at least you know many of us have mm-hmm. we're not going to do that anymore which is cool yeah those are beautiful simple pleasures in life that we have to be thankful for so hey gonna, you know it's the the month of yeah. thankfulness yes and we're going to adjust the strongest will adapt the quickest so that's right just to throw a little biology at you D- darwinism <laughs> <laughs> sort of yeah <laughs> Yeah, the strongest are going to adapt, adapt, the rest are going to die. Adapt. Yeah. I didn't go there. I'm drinking a peppermint mocha. Oh, yeah. It's a little, what we're little early. <laughs> Friend neighbor was like, hey, can I can I bring you guys coffee? You guys have been you know, moving and working. We're like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. So here it is, a peppermint mocha. It tastes mighty fine. It doesn't even remind me of Christmas. It's still sci-fi November and you know, not even Thanksgiving yet, even though Thanksgiving is less than a week away, which is crazy. But it's all good. It's yes, I can't wait. Thanksgiving's going to be interesting for a lot of people this year. So yeah. I'm getting a lot of short shrift from a lot of my family out of state or out of town for choosing not to come visit them. They're giving me a lot of crap about that. And that's too bad. That's not cool, guys. <laughs> Once again, respect each yeah. other. We right. If to. your families, if your families are giving you short shrift for, you know, your decision to not travel, don't take that from them. Just yeah. stand your ground and remember that you're you are respecting them by not traveling if that's what you choose to do. True. I appreciate <laughs> that. You know, let's let's respect each other. Let's be thankful for what we have right now. Oh, I hope your sci-fi November watching has been magnificent. Ours has yes. been. Okay, I know I've seen it a billion times, but I'm getting ready to to watch, you know, of course, Starship Troopers and then Fifth Element. Even if it's on in the background, I just I have to enjoy the joy of it and even if it's like the music and I've been listening to the soundtrack Eric Sarah, you know, just such and, yeah. and Basil oh, Polidorus, all those pretty much Eric Sarah's fifth element soundtrack for me is right up there with the uh, Braveheart soundtrack. It's so good. And there are so few soundtracks that I actually listen to on a once in a while basis. And those are two of them. Yeah. I'm just over halfway through on the expanse season four. Yes. To me, season two is just the best so far. There is a lot in four that I like, but I, I just watched the episode with the, the explosion happened and they had the the shockwave and the tsunami and all that. Mm-hmm. It was an okay episode. There were some really good parts to it, but you know, there were some other things where like, ah, you know, I mean, season two was just one of those like, oh my gosh, I was on the edge of my seat mm-hmm. the whole time, but, but season four <laughs> is still very good. I mean, it's just fantastic sci-fi. So anyway, but we're going to mm-hmm. talk more in a little bit, but sure. yes, tell us about Starship Troopers. You said you were going to read the book and I was like, and well, I- you really don't have to, but did you actually finish it? I totally read the whole book last week. It <laughs> took me about five days, I'd oh say, to, to go through the whole thing. And I got to tell you, it was pretty good for being the what I would call the proto-novel for all military sci-fi after it. Hmm. I, I, I kind of did some research, and there was some earlier semi-military sci-fi before that, but, but Starship Troopers was the first 
true sci-fi military novel. Oh, yeah. That anyone ever published, at least to anyone's knowledge. So cool. Heinlein, who also wrote The Moon is a Harsh Mistress, which I also intend on reading. The only weird part about that book was that some of the early dialogue in the in the book uh, was really campy because it was yeah. from 1959. Yeah. And so golly and gosh and shucks, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of that in the book, That's especially awesome. in the first half of the book. Um, it's kind of refreshing. Book, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Now, modern military sci-fi is much more realistic in that soldiers tend to use curse words a lot. So it's kind of a part of the culture in the military, I guess. And if any of you are service members, please call me out on that if it's not accurate. But other than that, you know, it was pretty darn good. And I'm glad I finally read it. And I especially really appreciated the moral philosophy discussion throughout that book. Yes, I figured you would. There was a lot of it. And wasn't that interesting? Very interesting. And I have to admit, Brian, I agreed with a ton of it. Yeah, Um, I did too. (laughs) In in theory, in theory, I I thought that the premise of their society, and it was interesting, they never mentioned what century they're in. They keep referring to the 20th century as, you know, the XXTH century. They never say 20th. They call it the XX century. Hmm. But they never once that I remember say what century they're in, in that book. In, in, in the movie, they're in the, what, the 23rd, 24th century, I think, just turn of the 24th century based even, on the song that they sang. Remember okay. the All Is Well cover, the, the David Bowie? That's All true. Is yeah. Well they, so, so David Bowie's song is 20th century. Um, dies. Yeah. 20th century dies. And they said 23rd, 24th, 23rd century dies is what they say. I thought it was. Yeah. yeah. So Zoe Polidoris, so who is Basil's daughter, by the way. I love oh, that yes. song. I found myself just, again, in theory, really liking the whole moral philosophy that their society had taken up. If yeah. you're interested in that kind of thing, there's a lot of moral philosophy in that book. Yeah. The two main things that I think I really loved about the book was that right there, the moral philosophy, and then also just the tech that they described, even though yes. it was written in 1959. So like I mentioned yeah. last week, you know, they talk about atomics, which of course would be way, they would be way beyond that in the 23rd or 24th century, wherever the heck they are. But at the same time, though, it's like some of the stuff they that he imagined in that book was like, man, we haven't even come close to that kind of stuff. And why oh, didn't they put that in the movie? The the atomics that they used were in these little mini rockets. When the book was written, the smallest nuclear weapons were very large from top to bottom. Everything except for the dialogue was well ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. So I was in general, I was pretty impressed. It even still is ahead of its time. I it's, recommend it if you haven't read it. Wasn't Dizzy a guy in the book? Yes, Dizzy was a was a guy, and he that's dies right. very early. So. Yeah, that's right. This Dizzy Flores, who was yeah. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I mean, I I yeah. liked it. It was always one of my more favorite sci-fi books. Well, okay, here's a little nerd out thing too. A friend of mine decided that he would create this what was called the League of Worlds, kind of like a role playing game, but different in the sense of like if anybody's played a role playing game, you know, you have your dice and you have your character sheets and all these limitations and everything like that. This style role playing game was we're going to create a game. It's going to take place in the, I think it was the 30th century, so the 2900s. I mean, we're, we're a bunch of little nerdy kids, you know, playing this thing. Clearly. And, and yeah. it was basically an idea <laughs> that you were in charge of a star system and everybody had one. And it was a pretty open-ended thing. Okay, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm going to do. We have to look at economy. We have to look at trade. We have to look at military. I mean, all that stuff. Yeah, and you had to name your star system and come up with a flag. and Oh, and- everything. You had to design your ships. I mean, it was your friend did that or did you do that in class? Well, so uh, no, no, this was my friend started this whole thing. Actually, it was two of my friends. So they started it, but it was all based on Starship Troopers, the book. They were kids when they when they came up with this idea, but they had read the book. They loved the book and they said, "Okay, well, let's just say that that's our future 
here's essentially a game that goes along with Starship Troopers. And it was based on a lot of that moral philosophy. So there was a, a foundation for it. You had rules, but it was really actually amazing at the culture and the lore that they created with this whole thing. And oh. then it was, all right, here you go. Here's your star system. You create lore and culture now with it too. And I mean, people got crazy. Like every one of the things they did is they would say, okay, this star system would have these, you know, benefits and strengths and then these weaknesses. And then this star system would have these and so on and so forth. So that like, you know, one had the space Navy, for example, which were capital ships that I know we're nerding out here, but just, just bear with me. (laughs) They had like the biggest and the strongest space Navy. And like my system had the best and fastest fighters and fighter pilots. And so everybody kind of had an advantage. And so you had to kind of calculate all those things. It was really, really cool. But what was fascinating is that I got brought into the game as a freshman in high school. We played it all the way through high school, just kind of on and off on our time. And, you know, we, we, this is back when you pass notes and stuff. <laughs> and then of course, you know, we'd, we'd get together on weekends and nights and we'd talk and do stuff and that kind of thing. And then I think it kind of went on into a little bit of college and then it kind of, you know, petered out unfortunately and never Never really went anywhere after that, but somehow I ended up with all of the the official folders from everything. I have all the original documents and maps and and charters and everything that were all written. Oh, you up. still do? I do, and oh. I don't know why I ended up with them, but I was just like, I'm going to keep these because this is this is brilliant. I mean, this is, regardless of whether you think, oh, that's childish, it was a brilliantly designed game, hmm. and it was some of the most fun I've ever had in any game. The creativity that came out of our friends' minds was staggering. I'm like, this should have been a series like the expanse. It should have been a book series. I mean, I don't know why this didn't get turned into an amazing story, but yeah, it was all based on starship troopers as a distant past in the history. And so I have a special place in my heart for that because it was such a fun time. Anyway, cool stuff, but yeah. Okay. What, what else are you nerding out on? And then we got to hear an origin man. Cause it's been a long yeah, time. I got Assassin's Creed Valhalla free. Thank goodness. And I'll say why with uh, the purchase of Steve's CPU, they released it last week. I finally was able to download it for free. And I got to tell you, dude, not as good as Odyssey, not as good yeah. as the, the one before it. And, and it fascinates me that they, I mean, the, the graphics are a little worse. The story is not as good, uh, and, my, that, and that's very subjective. I understand that, but the graphics are a little bit off. The interface isn't that great. Odyssey was such a polished game. It's like they they said, "Okay, we're going to make a sequel." You know, the next level of Assassin's Creed, Norse mythology is going to be awesome, and you know, everyone's excited. But we got to do it a little differently than Odyssey because it's a different game. So, and basically, I, I feel like what they did was they fixed something that wasn't broken, and you know how that goes sometimes. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, the other one. Same situation, Baldur's Gate 3. Now, I know this is only out on early access oh, right no. now, so they have, they have a leg to stand on. But Baldur's Gate 3, you know, Larian Studios is doing it, and they did such a fantastic job with the Divinity Original Sin series, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Good games, good role-playing games, if you're interested. Especially number two, fantastic game. But Baldur's Gate 3 was, you know, since Larian's doing it, everyone's expecting an, an even an improvement from Divinity 2, but not so much. I know it's. I know they still have some polishing to do, but the interface isn't as good. The graphics aren't as good. I don't know. It's just, it's it's a little bit of a disappointment. So, Sucks, so I'm nerding man. out on new games, but the two new games that I have are not that great. So, hey, speaking of new games, so you know how there's the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, you know, and then you can you pay like a subscription, and you know what I'm talking about. Yes, get, I do. In fact, I. 
I canceled my Xbox pass because they notified me that they were doubling my monthly uh, fee. Oh so my I gosh. went, oh, sorry, bye. Wow. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. So I did this thing back in the day where it was the deal. This was, was it a year ago now? I think it was. Yeah, it was about a little a over a year yeah. ago where they basically said, you know, stock up on months of Xbox Game Pass now. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a, will you know, you buy this many months and you'll get this many months free. So I'm really thankful for it because, you know, we've been going back and playing the Halo games just more for fun because it's on PC now. But mm-hmm. one of the games that just came to it was Deep Rock Galactic, which is, you know, you're, you're a dwarf and you're mining an asteroid and it has, you know, things and aliens and stuff like that you can fight. <laughs> but it's a sci-fi game. So I thought, ah, you know, it's free for me. I'll try it out. And so uh, it's been fun, though, actually. It's, uh, it's surprisingly enjoyable when I think it was Johnny Pistol Shot was originally telling me about it. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, I don't know if I would enjoy that. That doesn't sound that fun, but I'm like, eh, it's free. What do I have to lose? So I tried it out. I'm like, this is actually surprisingly fun. I don't know why. Good. Good. I, I don't think it has a very long lifespan, you know, because eventually it's just doing the same thing over and over, but it is fun for now. And then the other one that it was on a ridiculous sale, I had some Steam gift money left over that I hadn't used yet, was the the game called Sticks S-T-Y-X, Okay. And it was the second version of this. And the cool part is that it's a co-op, but you're supposed to sneak in the game. If you are seen, they can mm. basically one shot kill you instantly and uh. got to start all over. So you have to stay silent. You have to stay hidden. And it's, I mean, it's kind of a challenge on that, but I, I love that effect too, where it's not, you know, you don't have to go and just mass kill everybody, which it seems like that's all the games are anymore these days. I'm like, okay, enough. That's that's very uncreative. Let's do something different. And so the idea of sneaking around and trying to accomplish things without being seen is awesome. Just what? like Alien Isolation. Exactly. You know, something different. Oh, yeah. And it was interesting too, because speaking of Johnny Pistol Shot, he had told me something. It was really interesting because we were just talking about what are we going to play for sci-fi November? I want to do something new. I want to do something different. And I want to do something sci-fi. It was interesting hearing it from him. He's like, gaming for him is about new experiences. It was around Halloween time. I mean, a lot of those old games like Guild Wars and World of Warcraft and some of those old games do Halloween activities. They were really, really fun to do, but we've tried to go back and and do them again and again and again, you know, year after year. And what was really interesting is after a while, we're like, you know, the, the experience of that is just dead. It's gone. I mean, it's awesome. And, you know, it has good nostalgic memories, but But it's repetitive. Trying to do it. It is very repetitive and trying to do it again just doesn't feel the same. And so he was mentioning that he's like, you know, when I try to go back and play games to relive that experience, that first experience that I had, he's like, I can't do it anymore. It's like, I've already had the experience and I can't go back to relive that experience. I need a new experience. And I thought, you know, that's exactly how I am. I've been not only in games, but in life in general, I love new experiences. Now, granted this time of year, it is fun to, to relive nostalgic moments. That's why I go back and watch fifth element and stuff, you know, but I don't sit down in front of the TV and watch the movie all the way through. I usually have it on in the background these days because I've seen it. Right, so right. the nostalgia is there. It's fun. It's, it's a warm feeling, you know, around the holidays, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is, is like, I'm always on the search for new experiences because you don't want to get stuck in a rut. So that's me anyway. And, and, but it reminds me right. too to like, let's live in the moment too. Even in amidst everything that's going on right now, let's live in the moment. So I, I was a really cool statement that Johnny pistol shot said, and I appreciated that. It got me thinking. Yeah. And that makes total sense. That's the way you, in my opinion, people should think, but I mean, it's, it's a progressive way of thinking. I mean, obviously the, to, to seek out new experiences, how star Trek, right? 
But it's funny because I'm almost the opposite. I love to relive an old game as if I were, especially games, not, mm-hmm. not as much movies anymore, although it used to be with movies and books as well. Games especially, I like to play them as if I'm playing them for the first time. Yeah. I mean, new games are always great because you know, you're adding to your stock of, of experiences that you can go back to later again, right? Yeah. But, but for whatever reason, I also like to re-experience old games I love. That attitude, or at least some version of that attitude, explains the remake fad right now where yeah. all the game studio, a lot of the game studios are remaking old games because there's a huge demand for that. Remake Final Fantasy VII. We love that game. Remake it with new graphics and, and all that. And, and they said, okay, here you go. And then there's other you know studios like Westwood, which is a defunct studio that made the Command and Conquer series, where they said, "Oh yeah, let's cash in on this and oh. and just throw new throw high resolution yeah. graphics to the gameplay, but then use all the really 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 crappy old videos that we had back in the mid '90s and make twenty bucks a pop off yeah. of it." You know, it's, yeah. Then there so then there's those remakes, but still, there's it's a whole thing right now where old games are being remade, some well, some not so well. Yeah. I think it stems from that attitude. Well, and it's interesting too, because here we are going back and replaying the Halo games because I want to live that nostalgia again. Yeah. And the truth is, here's the benefit though. They did remake the games. So, you know, the original games were the 2001 graphics and the new one are the new 4K graphics and all that. Mm -hmm. Same game, but it looks beautiful and you can switch back and forth, which is really fun. As much fun as I'm having playing it, I'm not reliving that experience that I had when I first played that game. Mm, it just yeah. doesn't exist anymore. The experience that I had back then was very special. And mm-hmm. it was actually, it was really cool because I played it with my next door neighbor, especially when it would snow outside. It'd be like, oh, it's snowing, you know, and, and he was an entrepreneur too. So like we'd work weird hours and then we'd have afternoons where it's like, let's get together and play some games, you know, while the wives are at work. And, <laughs> you know, then he and I would go to work at night and stuff. And it was really cool. So, I'd go over there and, and, and just play. I mean, just remember the memories of that were so good and so beautiful yeah. and playing it again. And it's like, it's a fun game and I'm having a great time playing it with Lord Thunder and with Johnny pistol shot, but it's like, it's just not the same experience. Yep. I can't recreate that. It's already happened. But at the same time, I, I hear you. There was this huge surge in retro games when COVID hit. And I just got to thinking about that. I'm like, man, that's kind of interesting. Do you enjoy going back and playing old games? And, and it's interesting that you do. And I do too at times, but sometimes I go, man, I try it. I just, I can't do it anymore. I need a new experience. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. I'm, and I do get my fair share of new experiences. Most of them are pretty good. Mass Effect Andromeda, not, not as many people liked that in the series, but I hadn't played any of the other Mass Effects. I really, really liked Andromeda. And too. I'm already thinking of when I'm going to play it again. Nice. So. But you're right. It was fun. It was neat to do that. Mm-hmm. Hey, I was going to say one more thing about gaming, and I know for some of you who just don't game at all, this game you might actually kind of laugh at. Originally, Spider-Pan had mentioned that there was this game, which had been out for a little while, but it kind of got popular within the last month or so, and it's called Among Us. Yeah. <laughs> well, then Mango Droplet popped in uh, Game Night two weeks ago, and she oh, was just she? like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't heard from you since, what, June, I think, is when she was on the show last. Literally haven't talked yeah, to her since. it was June. Yeah, and she's like, I got to come back on the show. And I said, yay, that'd be great. So we're trying to work it out in December. She's like, have you guys played Among Us? And I said, oh, no, no, no. But Spider-Pan's been trying to get me to play it. And I was like, you know, I, I, I don't know anything. And and I know that, you know, you were kind of like, eh, I don't want to play that game. And Johnny was like, nah, I don't want to play that game. And and then uh, I'm not sure with anyone else. So I'm like, I, I'm open to it, whatever. Like, it looks like a very cheesy whatever game. And, and you know, Spider-Pan and, and Mango were both like, it's really fun. Last week all the guy, I think it was uh, up too late was like, let's, 
let's play this. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm going to try it at least. It's, you know, it was $5, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to try it and it's free on mobile. And so we got on and we played, we had a blast. I was actually surprised how much fun we yeah. had. I was surprised how much fun you guys had too. I wasn't playing. I was listening. No. Yeah. And, but that was before you even got on. I was listening and they were having the best time playing that game. It was hilarious. And when you look at it, I mean, I was watching at first I was watching them play it and it, it just didn't look that good. Okay. Graphics aside, the graphics are, are very simple. The yeah. game is like 55 megabytes. It's a tiny, tiny game. Yeah. So it's not about graphics. It's about the social interaction. Yeah. And they were just having a blast playing this that game. So funny. So, and it, this is one of those games that like anybody can play. Mm-hmm. If you're a mobile, if you play a game on your phone, this is the kind of game, you know, you'd probably enjoy. So mm-hmm. it's not a traditional gamer game. It's one of those like, okay, this is hilarious. But the social interaction was some people are like, well, I don't like social interaction. I'm like, what do you think we're doing right now? You know, we're, we're talking, right? They like social interaction with your friends, right? If you're an introvert, you still like to interact with your friends periodically. Yeah, I get it. If you're not an extrovert, you're not going to want to interact with random people, but you don't play with random people. You play with your friends or your family or whatever. And the interaction between the friends that we played was was so funny, so entertaining, so positive, happy. I mean, it was just like, this was a blast. We got to do this again. And everyone's like, yeah, let's play this again. So cool stuff. Well, I bought the game. I spent my five bucks. <laughs> We're going to be playing it again this week. Sweet. I'll give it the old college try. We'll see how it turns out. But yeah, you know, just go in with a fun attitude and enjoy right. the time. That's that's really what yeah, it is. But exactly. It is all about attitude. We have an origin so, here. We wanted to talk about it. Today's origin is the phrase by and large. Now we've all used that phrase. Oh, yeah. Most of us in our lives. I many just times, heard right? it the other day too. <laughs> yeah. It's very common usage. So many everyday phrases, believe it or not, are nautical in origin. For example, taken aback, loose cannon, high and dry, all originated at sea. Hmm. Uh, but perhaps the most surprising example is the common saying by and large. As far back as the 16th century, so the 1500s, the word large was used to mean that a ship was sailing with the wind at its back. Uh-huh. I had no idea. Didn't know that. The much less desirable, quote, by or, quote, full and by meant that the vessel was traveling into the wind. Thus, for mariners, quote, by and large referred to trawling the seas in any and all directions relative to the wind. Hmm. hmm. So today, sailors and landlubbers alike uh, now use the phrase as a synonym for all things considered or, quote, for the most part. Interesting. Yeah. Isn't that weird how that translated in society from from a purely nautical term to a yeah. a totally common turn of phrase? I thought that was an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. I love hearing these origins. Yeah, me it too. It gives me a little bit more understanding and what we're using on a day-to-day basis. And half the time it's like, Princess Bride, I do not think Princess that Bride. means what you think it means. <laughs> Inconceivable. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right. Well, in honor of sci-fi November, of course, we're going to talk Mandalorian and Star Trek discovery fairly briefly. The other thing too, which I thought would be a lot of fun is Sarah and I were going, Hey, what are we going to watch for sci-fi November? And she'd never seen season two of Orville. She watched season one and I thought I got to rewatch it. It's been a while. And of course, season three, I think is expected sometime in 2021. Of course, delays with COVID Mm -hmm. Sarah's loving it. We're having a great, it's so good. I mean, it's just, I, I forgot how amazing season two of Orville was. And I know not everybody liked the show, but it, it got more serious. There's still the, the random humor. It's not as much as season one, but man, the, the storytelling and the sci-fi and very Star Trek like content. It was just such good show. Awesome. Of course, we're watching the Mandalorian. We're watching Star Trek discovery. So 
What were your thoughts on Discovery this this last week? Yet another great episode, at least for me. I, I haven't had as much of the up and down as you on this season yet. Uh, so far, all of them have been good for me. It's easily my favorite season so far, hands nice. down. And I loved season two. Loved it. So I got to say, Giorgio, her character has become my favorite. She is just so snarky, so funny. <laughs> I love her too. And thankfully, Tilly is not near as annoying in this season so far. I so. Agree. Yeah, I mean, they're just. I think they're writing her better. They're, they're, you know, they're not throwing as much gratuitous comments from her as they were in seasons one and two. So, will someone please tell me who that really cute blonde with the ponytail <laughs> is on the bridge? I mean, I, was I, she? Are they keep showing her in this season. Yes, I, I don't remember her even. I don't even remember her being in the last season. She was not. So let me tell you okay. about her because I was wondering the same thing. I'm like, who is this? This is one flaw I think that Discovery has is they have like, hey, let's show you this character all the time and you don't know who it is. You don't know who their name Uh is. You don't know anything about them. There's just this nameless face that keeps popping up on the screen. This was the problem. And I talked about this, that we didn't even really know the bridge crew until season two. So I looked her up because I'm like, she looks familiar to me. Interesting. And I'm going, who is this? Interestingly, do you remember um, Ariam? Yes. Okay. She was the the cybernetic being in the... Yeah, she died in season two. Yeah, and it was a horrible, horrible... I was like, dang, we finally got to know her, and then she you know, goes out the airlock, and of course, she's, right. she's Non, Commander Non's friend. Non mentioned in this episode, by the way. It's the exact same actress that played Arium. And I was like, well, no wonder I recognized her. Yeah, and, and I, I can see why they reused that actress, because you would never know that was the same actress unless you looked that up. At least I, I can't imagine. I mean, you, she was full-on makeup as Arium. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder what the other going to develop her because they keep showing her like as if she were a main character. I and hope like, they develop her. I don't know what the heck they're going to do with her. I just wanted to mention also that I was really worried the Starfleet Admiral was going to be a bad guy and that they would need yeah. to escape the Federation. There was a bunch of old Star Trek ships in this one that will really, if you're a Star Trek fan, it'll give you goosebumps. Oh That's gosh. all I'm going to say. So yeah. I loved it too. To me, this was Star Trek. And by the way, yeah. the only down I've had this season was the last episode. I've also loved this season. Right. To me, this season is the best so far as well. You are correct, though. That scene when they're coming into Starfleet headquarters and all the new ships that are there, and then you see one ship that is the letter J. I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but what was really funny is like the bridge crew was freaking out and nerding out like on the new technology and all the ships. Mm-hmm. And I was literally nerding out with them. I was like shaking with just joy. It was so fun. So it was one of those moments where I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> Commander Nan's decision was was shocking to me, actually. I was kind of like, hmm, okay. And you were mentioning the Admiral. I'm actually still not so sure about this whole new, quote, Starfleet. Okay. Now, they haven't given anything away, but something inside me, based on what I saw, was just like, I don't know about this. I don't know if this is good. Mm. But we'll find out. We don't know. Yeah, that's the feeling I had at the beginning of the episode. Obviously, they were trying to get you there, but... By the end of the episode, it felt, you know, you had a warm fuzzy, but you're right. Is it really a warm fuzzy? I mean, what's going to happen? I still had my suspicions. Yeah. And you mentioned Philippa Giorgio, which I'm loving her character right now, too. But there is something (laughs) up with her, man. And I'm like, uh oh, what's going on? Yeah. Something's going on. Similar thing was happening with the pilot. What's her name? Kayla. She's been spacing out a lot lately, too. So although she's dealing with PTSD, which honestly, I'm really glad they're addressing that because you never really have seen much in the way of PTSD in Star Trek true i mean i guess there's been a little here and there but not very much and that is a very real thing that we know military professionals experience and so yeah i am so glad that that's something they're addressing and i'm really curious to see where well that goes. and 
And also rape victims or victims of physical trauma. Mm-hmm. Any experience of severe emotional or physical trauma can result in that. So, oh, yes. Uh, you're right. And it has huge. not been addressed enough. So, no. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Glad they're doing it. Well, anyway, good, good episode. Looking forward to the next one. And The Mandalorian, already s- episode three already. There's only five mm. more. You know, I've been poo-pooing quite a bit of Mandalorian the, la- <laughs> the first the first couple episodes. You mean Bantha poo-pooing? Bantha poo-pooing. Poo-pooing, yeah. and, and, and in my opinion, for good reason. I, I think I have two feet to stand on as to why I was not happy with those episodes. But I got to tell you, dude, episode three was fantastic. Yes. I loved it. The opening sequence, from the opening sequence all the way through, was really, really, really good Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Katie Sackhoff from mm-hmm. Battlestar Galactica yeah. plays kind of a Mandalorian. Well, she's a full-on Mandalorian. She's from Mandalore. Her 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 ancestry is, but she follows a different guideline than our Mando. But well, I think- yeah. So that was an interesting thing too that we find out, by the way, because it was. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, we don't know this, right? We don't know for sure, but she claims Katie Sackhoff's character claims that they are well, they were born on Mandalore, and our Mando character was not born on Mandalore. Mm. But they were claiming that Mando and his, what was that tribe? Not they're not tribe. What are they? It's like an order. Yeah, the order. She said they were a cult, like a subcult. Yeah, yeah, like they had gone off on kind of a different way. Like this is the way. Right. It's like, well, no, that's your way. That's not the Mandalore way because you right. were born on Mandalore. And I thought that was interesting. So we'll see kind yeah. of what actually transpires from that. But I was like, ooh, because if you've watched. Clone Wars, the the cartoon that they did, might have been a little bit in um, Rebels too. I can't remember because uh, Sabine Wren was in there, but there were some very fascinating stories with Mandalore and the actual Mandalorian people from their planet and kind of what they believed and stuff like that. So it was cool. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Just to summarize the things I liked about this episode, I, I feel like they really need to lock into this episode for atmosphere and acting for the rest of the series. Please, 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 because Agreed. it was so much better than the last two episodes. Number one, less Baby Yoda. Yeah, that's huge. They did not overdo Baby Yoda in this episode. Thank goodness, because they just—it's ridiculous sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, more epic action scenes with big ships and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was big on this episode. A lot of epic stuff. More good supporting actors. I'd even settle for decent, but all the supporting acting in this episode was good. More Imperials. They were good. I mean, even the pilots were like, they looked like they were from a Star Wars movie. So more Imperials. And would you look who directed this I episode? Know. Oh my gosh. I was so surprised. <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard yeah. directed the episode. So but, cool. And it was, and it was well directed, but Favreau wrote it. So go figure. Yeah. I mean, Favreau huh. wrote the other two also, also, and I didn't like them as much. So this episode was possibly the best Mandalorian episode, in my opinion. It was right up there with the season finale of the first season. So I was actually thinking that as I was watching this episode, that this was the best Mandalorian episode yet. Yeah. To me, anyway. And, and it's so funny because I remember thinking this is Star Wars. Finally, like yeah. this is really a true Star Wars show. And I totally agree with you. Oh my gosh. Like we saw Yoda in the very beginning and at the very end. And I, I remember thinking, <laughs> I'm so thankful that Yoda wasn't. I mean, like, I want to know his story. I really do, but they're not doing anything with the story at all. It's just like, what are we now? 11 episodes in now from the beginning. Yeah. They're, they're just using him for the cute factor. And that's yeah, it. Totally. There's nothing totally. else he's, to him right now. And it's starting to drive me crazy. Not, he's not even using the force anymore. Like he did in season one a little bit. He hasn't so, I mean, used it at all this where, season. 
Yeah, it's just he. All he does in the season is eat endangered species eggs and make cute baby noises. That's all he does, and that's just irresponsible writing, folks. It just is. Oh, it, it so, really isn't. It's so funny because like our friend Anatak is now watching season one, and she's like, "Oh, I love Baby Yoda. He's so cute." And of course, that was the yeah. response everybody had when they first watched it. Yeah, she's four episodes in. I think we were four episodes or five episodes thinking like, "Oh, that's cool. That's cute." And then we were like, "Okay, enough." Season right. two, he's actually started to drive me crazy. To the point where I'm like, can we please get him off the screen until you figure out a story for him? Because I'm done. And they're starting to do that. Let's just, we're crossing our yeah, fingers. Yeah. I mean, they, I, again, they pulled out, in my opinion, they pulled out of a nosedive after the first two episodes. Yeah. They've really shot, they've shot for the sky on episode three. And I just hope they stay up there a while or at least yeah. through the whole the rest of the se- season. I mean, that'd be great. Because there was less Baby Yoda. I actually really loved it. I thought it was great. I liked <laughs> Katie Sackhoff's character too. Interestingly oh, enough. She looked great too. Yeah, it was weird because it was a different kind of role for her. So I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. What was fascinating, though, again, for those of you who have heard of and or watched Star Wars Rebels, I thought it was Sabine Wren because Mm, her helmet was painted. And, well, Sabine Wren used to do a lot of art and she would paint her Mm. helmet and other things like that. So I started to wonder, hmm, is there some kind of a connection to Sabine Wren? Because clearly that was not her. Going back to what we talked about with this quote, so-called cult, you know, and, and the different kind of lore that comes from Mandalore. I thought you like that. And that was cool, <laughs> but agreed. Imperials were amazing. That whole thing at the end where he's joking about, you know, uh, Mon Calamari and how his, you know, ship is like barely yeah. holding together. I thought <laughs> Just patched up, patched up with everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then, oh my gosh, I, I am not going to say anything because this is a huge spoiler, but they mention a name at the end of the episode and I was just like oh my gosh like I got chills when I heard the name I was so excited they're tying things together I cannot wait to see who plays this character mm, and yeah, to see I, how this is coming together this is huge. I know I know who you're talking about but I yeah. don't know who you're talking about so oh my gosh it is yeah so if you've watched anything again we're not talking just the movies we're talking Clone Wars Rebels and everything you know who this character is and this character is huge in the lore right now and there's something very powerful about this character what's interesting is how this character is currently around Hmm. in the timeline that's fascinating to me really cool development in the story finally finally some good backstory and lore as i mentioned and I, i i loved this episode it was just fantastic so highly recommended excited for the next one all right well there you go we get let's share a, a couple new songs really quick and wrap on up to to head on out but it's been a long time since we've talked music and i've just like oh my gosh you know i've been building up building up okay so just a couple fun ones really quickly i i've always loved evanescence i know they're quote old nowadays you know because they were from what 2001 or something like that <laughs> <That's> <laughs> not old. God. oh my gosh it's like classical <laughs> music they have a brand new song out, which they haven't really been doing albums or anything like that, but it's called the game is over, but it has this really amazing bass guitar part. It is just like, Oh, and it's so good. It's just like this rock driving, beautiful, oh, evanescent style. Awesome stuff. So go check. I'll, I'll put it in the TRBS 2020 mix. Of course, this band called Larkin Poe, they're blues. They're kind of like a blues and in some ways you feel like you might be listening to country, but it is definitely not country music because I don't like country as you know, but it's got kind of a something blues, something style. 
I'm not really into blues either, but they have some fun music and all that. But I noticed they did a remake of Nights in White Satin by the Moody Blues. Mm, yes. And that's an amazing song in and of itself. Always one of my favorite songs, by the Pretty way. Classic. Yeah. yeah. And this version is really good. So I'm going to throw that one in there. It's cool. Growing up, I always thought it was knights as in knights of the round table that were wearing white satin. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I thought it was K-N-I-G-H-T-S in white satin. And I only, re- yeah. I only figured it out not too long ago, to be honest. I'd say a few years ago. That's knights as in the other knights. Uh, anyway, yeah. I just wanted to throw it's that funny. out there. You know, I'm a big fan of Ellie Goulding. She has a new song uh, I found called How Deep is Too Deep. Good song. She's old too, Brian. She's getting old, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, she's been around for a while. And the last one I'll mention really quick is I have a, a band favorite here that I had back in the days when I, I ran a radio station and they're called Icon for Hire. They were a brand new band, you know, super young when they first came out and they kind of broke off from the record label and they still do songs here and there, but called Icon for Hire. I like them and they have a brand new song out. Curse or Cure is the name of the song. These four songs are going to be in the TRBS 2020 mix, which is in the show notes, by the way, at just go to realbryanshow.com slash 256 if you want that link. And Captain, you've got a song or two. Dude, uh, remember the last time we shared music, I mentioned the Chain Gang of 1974. Yes. I've been listening to that band's radio station on Spotify. So, you know, they throw similar bands and songs. If, yeah. you, if you pick a band or song, they'll do that. I mean, I have been immersing myself in what I used to call neo 80s, but I've since found is more properly termed chill wave, which is yeah. new wave, but more modern. There's a band called Keep Shelley in Athens. I think they're Australian. Mm-hmm. They did a cover of Don't Fear the Reaper. Oh, nice. Really good cover. I listen to it all the time. Brother Tiger is a dude, just like Chain Gang is. And he did an entire cover of the entire album, Tears for Fears, Songs from the Big House. Oh, wow. Complete album cover by Brother Tiger. Really good. Uh, I just wanted to throw those two out there. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Yes, those will be in the TRBS 2020 Spotify mix for those of you on Spotify. And it will be in the show notes if you want to go check them out either way. All right. Let's go, man. Let's let's, let's enjoy some more Sci-Fi November. We'll be back next week. We're going to do a Black Friday episode. It's going to come out on Friday, of course. So it'll be a Thanksgiving slash Black Friday episode. And Miss Ice said that she would join us. So unless she gets, yes. you know, snowpocalypse again or something like that, then uh, she'll be with us and we'll have some fun. Can't wait to round out November so that we can, you know, enter into December with with style. That's what I'm talking about. Only way to do it is with Miss Miss Ice. That's right. Speaking of deep thoughts with Captain Influence. If I let the crusty residue in my banana smoothie glass keep building upon itself. Will I eventually end up with banana bread? More likely just some bad diarrhea. You know what the music means. Thank you for uh, joining us. Thank you. This was so much fun. Really appreciate you hanging out with us today. I really do. We'd love to hear from you as always. So please, please contact us. You can just go over to realbryanshow.com. There's all kinds of ways to contact us that way. And of course, the show notes are there and that kind of thing too. So thanks for joining us. Captain, thank you as well. Oh, thanks, dude. Have a glorious week. This is The Real Brian Show, signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.